Comments made on the Ceratalk Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratech Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. It's time for High Contrast, the show where we talk about everything low vision for those who are trapped between sight lines. And as usual, we have a good bunch of characters to discuss some varying topics. Who knows where we'll end up? I am Rodney Edgar of TechAccessWeekly.com. And my co-chairs here to the left in the virtual seat is Maury Hill of the Zoomed In blog, AISquared.com slash Zoomed In. How's it going, Maury? Good, Rodney. How are you? Oh, doing well. I'm excited because the uh, guy that was scraping the window right outside my house here is gone, so all is quiet. Hopefully you had the drapes closed. <laughs> I we, did. We found out last week uh, that having the drapes closed is a good thing. Yes, definitely. In hotel rooms. <laughs> and in the virtual chair to the right is Byron Lee of ByronLee.com, LowVisionRants.com. How's it going, Byron? I can't see. I can't see. Well, you got your eyes closed. <laughs> Are you better now? Can you see I'm where you're now. going? <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but I'm much better now. I have taken the medication. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we didn't quite know where you were going with that either. So uh, I'm hoping you're just looking for a light switch in a round we're room. just glad you're here, Byron. Aww. Yes. I can feel the something in the Love. air. I don't know what exactly it is, but I feel it. <laughs> Good. Well, and hey, we're just glad to have Mari back so that she can give us a varying opinion than three guys sitting here rambling for an hour or so. Granted, apparently last month's episode is getting great reviews and people are listening like crazy and sending in good comments from what we hear. So please keep some information coming to us at resources at serotalk.com. You're really good ramblers. Ah, yes, we can do we that. Try. Wide variety of topics. So, for this week, we thought we would sort of talk about the age-old question of to identify or not to identify. And this sort of came to light because of some of the disturbances that have been going on in middle America. You can read CNN, Fox News, or whatever political blog you would care for. We're going to try and stay as far away from that and leave the opinions at the door because that doesn't do anything other than stir up issues. If you can find the door. <laughs> yeah. You let me know if you find that in that round room you're in. I will. Okay. Mm, yeah. Mm. So the question is for visually impaired folks who are low vision, do you actually go about carrying a cane to assist when dealing with authority figures and police officers, firemen, civil servants, that kind of thing. And Mari came up with this idea for a show topic because of an article you ran across dealing with mothers' concerns about their autistic children when dealing with police officers. Yeah, it was an interview on NPR, and it was concerning mothers of autistic children and their great fear of when their autistic children may come in contact with figures of authorities, like police officers and such. And there's a couple of things. They may not necessarily make eye contact in a normal manner, so it's kind of a unpredictable behavior that a police officer might see and might not 
understand or interpret correctly and their fear of authorities. So there have been like training classes for autistic children on how to deal with such authorities that have been very helpful. And also there has been training of police officers on being sensitive to people with cognitive disabilities. And it got me thinking. And by the way, uh, it also said that there's a seven times chance of an autistic person coming in contact with authorities than anyone else. So I thought that was interesting. And so it kind of got me thinking, well, this is just one little piece. This is people who are autistic. What about people who are hearing impaired, who have no visual identification that they are hearing impaired? How would you know? So if someone calls out to them and they don't respond, what's going to be the reaction? And also, I first thought of people who are totally blind. Well, they're going to have an identification. They're going to have a cane or a guide dog, most likely. But what about the rest of us who are visually impaired who may or may not be carrying a cane? As far as carrying a cane and things, I know my wife, she's totally blind, so she carries a cane everywhere. She's like, I don't know why everyone seems to know me. Everyone (laughs) knows me. It's kind of unnerving. You know, you go to the restroom, they know you're in there, you know, so that's embarrassing in the fact, you know, gee, she's really been there for a while or you know just different things like that or they'll see her going across campus at the university or across town or something and and they immediately know it's her you know just because of they noticed the cane first so that's how easily identifiable it is but me i'm in the minority on this panel because i think all of you carry a cane and i'm one of the people that I'm better than all of you, and I do not carry a cane. <laughs> Actually, I I don't either. I've had the training, but, you know, I live in a small town, and I don't feel a huge need. Uh, I bring it when I travel, but I don't always think of pulling it out. I might if I'm at an airport or asking directions at a subway station But, you know, it's not in the forefront of my mind, like, oh, I should bring out the cane because I'm just, it's not a habit for me. So, yes, I'm with you on that one, Rodney. The situation that I run into quite often is we have a van that picks us up and takes us to work each day. So I'm not using my cane to get on public transportation. I'm not using my cane to traverse sidewalks. And so on a daily basis, when I go to work, I usually forget to bring my cane with me. And usually that wouldn't be a big deal because I'm going to work and then I'm coming home and there are no businesses nearby. So it's not like I'm walking anywhere, but there's the off chance that somebody will invite me somewhere after work or will end up hopping in a car and going somewhere for lunch and I don't have my cane. Now, if I'm going to somewhere like Chicago and getting on a train heading down to the big transit system, getting on another train, hopping on a bus, walking somewhere. I'm down in the city with lots of people. I carry my cane with me in those situations because I don't know what the layout of the land is going to be. 
and I don't know when I'm going to need to identify myself. So it's kind of 50-50 for me because most of the time, five days a week, I don't have a cane with me. But if I know that I'm going somewhere, like tomorrow we have a meeting with a printer manufacturer, and they're going to show us some talking printers. I'm bringing my cane to that because I don't know what the situation is going to be. So I'm going to have my cane with me. It never occurred to me that this is a another reason to identify yourself with a cane is figures of authority. It had never crossed my mind. Yeah, I could kind of see a police officer having an issue with trying to get someone's attention and you're not really able to tell that that person that's standing about eight feet from you is actually directing you. Right. And you're kind of like, who is he yelling at? I don't understand, you right. know? So yeah, if you had your cane, then they would know that, oh, that person has an issue or if there's a dog or something like that. Oh, okay. There's some identifying thing, but in my case, it would be sort of oblivious. You know, there really wouldn't be anything that would identify other than, if they maybe noticed your eyes, which I've been accused of being on marijuana before, you know, because <laughs> of the stigmatism in my eyes, you know, I had some a panhandler on the street one time said, dude, do you know where to get some good? I'm like, no, I do not. <laughs> Even though I look like I do. I've actually had that same situation where we were at a dance club and I use what's called an electronic cigarette. And I didn't want to smoke it in the club, even though I probably could have, because it's technically legal to do that indoors. I figured I will be a good citizen, and I will go outside where all the other smokers are, and I'm puffing away, and I come back inside. Now, you got to remember, this is one of those clubs that has a bouncer. You're not allowed to wear a coat or a hoodie inside the premises, so it's 30 degrees outside, and I'm cold, in a t-shirt. And I'm ready to come back inside and rejoin my friends. I have finally acclimated myself to the noise and I'm ready to brave the situation again. And the bouncer goes, I can't let you in, bro. And I'm thinking, well, is it because I'm too geeky? Uh, you know, did they see me kind of wallflowering? And they thought, well, we don't want him back in here. So I'm thinking all these things aside from my visual impairment. And finally, it turns out they didn't want to let me back in because I have a thing called nystagmus, which makes my eyes shake. And they saw my eyes and thought that I was hammered. And they thought it might be a good idea to not let the incredibly intoxicated guy with crazy eyes back in the building. So once that was cleared up, I was allowed to come back in. But, you know, that's another situation where an authority figure, if you're not carrying your cane, he has no idea that you may have a visual impairment and he may make a judgment call that is unfair because he has no clue that you have a visual impairment. Yeah, and, and you can have your state ID with you and things like that that says, yes, I have a state ID, but that really doesn't signify what your issue is. Mm -hmm. You know, when sometimes you don't know that the whole issue is because of your eyes. You know, somebody may be handling you in such a way because they think you're a threat. They think you might be dangerous, and so they are treating you in such a way. And you're not going to think, oh, I'll just pull my ID out. And if you go reaching for something, they're not going to like that. So, you know, it's just one of those things where having that cane is a symbolic gesture that, yes, I'm visually impaired, and there's no need to explain to anyone what the situation is because they see the cane and they know. And I have seen a little patch that I can't remember what organization it was, but it was a couple of years ago. They were putting out this eye patch looking thing that you could put on your clothes that was like a checkerboard 
with an eye to it that sort of signified low vision. But I was kind of like, all that's going to do is somebody's going to look at it and go, what is that? Because I had never seen it before. You know, it was kind of like, good try, but I don't know that that's really going to work. Because the campaign that they had on YouTube was sort of someone standing there, she's reading something up close, and then she walks off like there's no issue whatsoever. So it's kind of like, but see, you can't notice that Mm -hmm. I'm this way unless I start reading something. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I I can see that, but I don't know that they're going to know what the patch is. (laughs) Well, and if you're the kind of person who is already put off by the idea of carrying a cane, either because of vanity or just convenience or whatever, are you really going to go out of your way to put on a special patch that says, I'm a member of the I Can't See Good Club? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I think I would wear that. I don't know. If it had more recognition, maybe, you know. Yeah. But I don't think people even know what that means. Mm. A cane, that pretty much signifies, okay, that person is totally blind. It's... uh, signified with no vision whatsoever. So being a low vision person, you're kind of trapped in between, you know, Mm -hmm. because, well, you're walking around with a cane, you pull it out, then you put it away and then start walking around and everybody's like, oh, that person is just faking it, you know, kind of the old thing of, okay, I've got a handicap tag. I can go with people to stores and things. We can use the handicap tag. But when you get out of the car, there's nothing signifying that you're actually visually impaired, low vision, blind, or whatsoever. Right. So you occasionally will get comments because of that. Yeah. And you can see a person, so you may be looking right at them, but you can't see their expression. You're not making eye contact, even though they might think you're making eye contact with them. And so your reaction to whatever they're doing, waving you on or whatever is completely inappropriate. Yeah, going to a grocery store and you give somebody your credit card and then you're standing there kind of staring off into space and they just hand the card over the top of the register and it's dangling there in midair and you're staring at them going, duh, because you don't (laughs) realize that they are now handing you back your card and, you know... You don't have a cane, so they have no clue that they should uh, verbalize, hey, here's your card back. But I I understand that I had a situation a couple of weeks ago where I was getting on a train. It seems to always happen at the train station. These two drunk guys were standing on the platform. They saw me with a giant suitcase and a cane in my hand, and they assumed that I needed lots of help finding a seat and carrying my suitcase and whatnot, and they were incredibly drunk. And so the cane signified to them, he can't see it all, and he must need your help. And so a lot of partially sighted people like to avoid that kind of attention by hiding their cane. You go to an airport, and maybe you hide the cane because you don't want to have to deal with somebody taking you by the arm to your seat and not getting the chance to hit the bathroom or the McDonald's on the way to the gate because the guy just wants to drop you off and get back to work. Or you're standing on the train platform and you've got people coming up to you and either not believing that you're blind because you're seeing things and they can tell that you're seeing things or they think you're totally blind and so they're overly helpful. Uh, The cane can be an inconvenience, but sometimes it's nice to have. So you basically want to avoid the scene from Airplane where the guy's trying to go through the airport and they keep trying to hand him a pamphlet. You want to avoid that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now, what kind of issues has anyone had as far as dealing with, say, police officers at any point? Has there been any issues with that before personally? Well, when I was in my 
20s, really actually, I had good vision then, uh, went to lunch with a bunch of people from work, and I was working second shift, and so was dinner, actually. We went out, ate, and of course, you only have a half hour, so you race back, and evidently, the driver went over the 25-mile-per-hour speed limit. So as we turned into the parking lot, police officer pulled in right behind us, and us in the back seat were kind of like, ha ha, we weren't the drivers, we weren't the ones speeding, and we only have a half hour limit, so we just hopped out of the car quickly and started heading in, and the police officer was really startled and freaked out by that, you know, that's not how you deal with this kind of situation, but I was in my 20s. I didn't know any better. So that was my only incident of that sort. So I think training on both sides of the spectrum, on the authority side, with sensitivity to different disabilities, as well as, you know, maybe you should have this type of training in driver's ed and anywhere else you can get it on how to deal with authorities. Yeah, it's probably a good idea to remain calm and try not to be jumpy, if at all possible. You know, don't make sudden movements (laughs) if... If the police officer right. is coming towards you, you know, I mean, they're trained to be a little bit more physical than you are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So It's a stressful job because you don't know from one moment to another what you're going to have to deal with as a police officer. And so you're kind of trained to always be on alert. You just don't know what the situation from car to car is going to be. So if you've got somebody who is you know, whipping out their cane or reaching for their wallet or whatever, and your eyes are shifting all over the place. And so the officer is already on high alert. You just got to be careful, explain to the officer what the situation is with your vision so that he knows off the bat what's going on and just cooperate with people and authority figures and stuff like that. The other situation you were talking about situations with police officers. I've had two of them. I think I've already regaled you guys with the -the jack-in-the-box drive-through story. The other one that I had was I was hanging out with my friend Bill in downtown Chicago, and uh, he lived at the YMCA, and I had just helped him set up a 3G cellular modem for his laptop, and so we were up really late at night messing around with this modem on his computer, and I needed to get to the blue line in Chicago and take the train back home. And it was dark, and I couldn't figure out which direction I was supposed to go to get to the train station. So I noticed that there were three or four police cars in the parking lot of the restaurant nearby. And so I went over there to ask them if they could tell me where the train station was. I was a little worried that, you know, some stranger coming at them in the dark might frighten them, but I had my cane out. So I think they were pretty well aware of what the situation was. And I asked them for directions to the train station. And believe it or not, one of them offered me a ride home in the back of the car. (laughs) So if you have your cane out, a lot of times the police (laughs) will be really helpful and nice and even give you a ride, which has happened to me twice now. That's an idea. (laughs) Yeah. So don't call a cab. Just look for a police car. Run out of cab money? Just go to a police. (laughs) Yeah, call the Domino's guy. Sometimes they'll have uh, sympathy on you. You know, I've gotten a ride from one of the drivers like that before. They're not supposed to do that, but you know how it is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Don't get anyone fired now. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, help out if they can, that kind of thing. I know my wife, when she was in college, 
she was in an apartment and one side of the apartment complex caught fire. They were had a fire and the alarms were going off and fire trucks were coming and she was alone. Her roommate wasn't there and evidently nobody else was around in the area. So she basically did what she should have done. She got out, put on her shoes, went outside and stood on the sidewalk. Granted, she was on the other side of the building from where the fire and everything was. But after a little bit, one of the uh, firefighters noticed her standing out there and went up to her because she had her cane with her and said, oh, you don't have to worry. It was something on the other side of the building, you know, where me, if I was standing there, they would have just went, yeah, freak. (laughs) Standing out, listening to the fire (laughs) engines, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So in her case, you know, it kind of helped. Plus the cane also glows in the dark, that kind of thing. So it was sort of noticeable. So that was kind of a good thing in that situation. Was that a special kind of cane that glows in the dark or do all canes glow in the dark? I didn't realize they did that. I don't know. The one she had had some sort of luminescence on it so that it had a little shimmer but I'm, I'm not sure if that's a general thing or not. Maybe it was the reflective material because I, I know that canes are comprised of three things. You've got the red tip on the bottom, and then you've got the reflective tape that's white in the middle, and then your black golf grip thing. And I guess there's four things because you have to have a roller or a glider or something. If you don't have an end your cane, you're kind of going to wind up in every crack in the sidewalk. But I didn't know if it actually glowed in the dark or if it was just reflective. So that's interesting. Yeah. If no one's invented the glow-in-the-dark cane, somebody Ooh, should do that. Good idea. Yes, it would probably go over real well at concerts. <laughs> that's a, a glow big glow stick, stick. <laughs> temporary disposable canes that you kind of have to snap a little bit to get the glow juice going yeah yeah or back in the yeah. Yeah, 70s like you called it a lightsaber the big plastic long ones. yeah i was gonna say it looks like a lightsaber <laughs> with a golf grip and a roller tip hey show title <laughs> yes no uh, so now that we've tried to figure out if we could make Canes that are actually glow sticks for concerts. Uh, That might look a little weird on concert footage. But one thing is that going back to sort of the, okay, my wife's standing there. She's got a cane. I would be standing there. I wouldn't have a cane. But I think as far as the ADA goes, you sort of have to be identifying yourself in order to solicit help from someone. You know, as far as how does the person that you're interacting with know that you need some sort of assistance? If you have a cane, then you are going to be automatically assumed that you probably need assistance of some sort. So is there any way other than carrying a cane, maybe looking to the crazy checkerboard symbol that you can put on your jacket or something. Is there any way that a low vision person could actually try and identify themselves to people around them? You know, it's kind of like the autistic children have the same problem. They don't really need a cane. They're just sort of there as general citizens. I rode public transit when I was in Chapel Hill a lot, and there was a guy that he was autistic He would never say anything to anyone. He would never interact with anyone, but he would always get on the bus. He'd walk in, he'd sit down on one seat, he'd automatically get up and then go to another seat. And that's where he would sit. Every time it was the same process. He would get on the bus, he would sit down at the first seat he came to, and then he would turn his head, get up, look, sit down at another seat. The bus driver was like, yeah, uh, he does that every time. It sort of wigs people out when they first uh, see that. (laughs) 
so is there anything that you can do other than yelling at the top of your lungs in the middle of a Burger King that, hey, I can't read what drinks are on this menu here. <laughs> I'm blind! Hey, help me! <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that works. works. We'll just get a sound clip of that. <laughs> My neighbor hates me. <laughs> well, I guess if you're capable of verbalizing the kind of help that you need. For instance, I was walking home my daughter from school, first day of school today, and there was a new person at the crosswalk. The 85-year-old man who's been doing it forever evidently must have retired, and there was a new person. And I was crossing the street, and I was thinking, I should identify myself because we're going to be doing this a lot. And if she's going to just wave us on, that's not always going to work. So there was traffic coming, so I thought I'd wait till another day. But I plan on letting her know that I am low vision and I may not be able to see her wave us on. So please let me know verbally when it's okay to cross. Beep, 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 beep. That's right. Oh, garbage pickup. Yeah, there's no crosswalk. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the crosswalk things are supposed to do, right? They're supposed to beep when it's time to cross. Yeah, for some reason, there's no... I never thought about this, but why is there not... I mean, there's no traffic light, but there's a crosswalk because it heads to the school. But there's no walk light or whatever you call it. Could you chirp like a bird when it's time to go? I really appreciate that. <laughs> I'll try that. See what you think. I think the reason why they don't have a, a walk, don't walk thing there is because since there are children who may behavioral situations where they're just running out into the street, regardless of what the sign yeah. says, or maybe they're too young to know how to read, or you know, maybe cognitive or other disabilities prevent you from reading that sign and you, you're too young to have gotten the proper training. So perhaps maybe that's why yeah. they have a crossing guard there. Just because sometimes you don't always have your mom walking with you across the street and you might be at that young tender age where, you know, a sign just doesn't going to work. So they got to hire somebody. Well, I have a similar situation regarding public transportation, roads and streets and things like that, where I'm not using my cane, getting on a bus and I ask the driver, is this the 81 bus? And the driver goes, are you drunk or are you blind? And I go, um, the ladder. <laughs> what? You're not carrying a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'd explain to them, no, I'm visually impaired and I couldn't see the number on the bus and the thing isn't talking. So I had to ask. And then they were very embarrassed. And that's why you should just, you know, if you can, in those situations, have your cane out so that they know. It just makes things easier. Yeah, I kind of ran into that in Chapel Hill when I was living there because the bus drivers, they don't know that you've got an issue. And some of the newer buses that they had would actually announce what bus it was when they were stopping. But then other ones, no, they don't, you know, and probably carrying around a cane would have probably been a good thing. But, you know, it's one of those things you just don't think of. Eh. I can stand here. I can kind of figure out which bus I need to get on, you know, which occasionally the bus would be moving so quick. You would just be like, hey, was that it? (laughs) You know, but you get stuck into your rut where you're you're just used to your everyday routine 
And you get to thinking, I don't need my cane. And then that one day where the bus isn't talking or it's raining or something, some other obstacle is in the way. And then you're just like, boy, I really wish I had something to identify that I can't see right now. Yeah. And a lot of the drivers would sort of want you to either wave them or signify that they needed to stop that kind of thing. And I I remember there was a legally blind. Well, no, I guess he was actually totally blind, probably because he was carrying a cane all the time. And the bus driver was like, yeah, this guy here, I don't know how he knows, but he always shakes his head saying, no, not this bus, you know, whenever I go by there. And I'm like, well, he probably knows that he's waiting on this other bus company that has a different sound to it. That's probably what it is, you know, and they were like, oh, or maybe he knows the schedule. Yeah. Like the 703 bus is not my bus. Well, (laughs) this was kind of a strange area because you could actually have about five different buses going by at any given time and then branching off onto different side streets. And he was waiting on Ah. the bus that would actually take you from one city to the next city, you know, like a commuter bus. And it just has a different sound to it because it was a much larger bus you know so that was the way he was able to he was able to deal with it so city transit one sound transit from city to city different sound you know gotcha i really didn't pick up on it either other than ooh, those commuter buses have a lot more exhaust i didn't know that (laughs) so it sounds like we've come up with the idea that Yes, it is a good thing to identify in situations, do what you feel is right for your given situation. You may or may not want to identify. So wait, I guess that means that we didn't come up with any other solutions to the age old question to identify or not to identify during this discussion. So I guess we'll just sort of wait and hope that Listeners to this episode will actually be able to provide us with information either by iBlink iReport or emailing resources at serotalk.com. So it is a very good spot right now for a wonderful break, and we are going to head off so that Joe Steinkamp can bring us a blindfold racer review for iOS, which I haven't heard of that one. I've been sort of stuck playing the WWE Super Card, which is like Mafia Wars. Not a whole lot to do other than collect cards, increase the cards, valuable stats, and continue clicking. It's like crack for people that need nothing to do on their mobile phones. <laughs> anyway, wow, that, that let's, head off into, <laughs> let's head off into... <laughs> the review as you continue to listen to high contrast here on SPN. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Hems is proud to introduce the Blaze EZ, our new handheld multiplayer. Blaze EZ gives you power and versatility in a device that's simple to use. Blaze EZ is in a league all of its own. A 5 megapixel camera gives you the power to scan menus, brochures, and other printed texts. Wi-Fi gives you access to podcasts, internet radio, and other content. Bluetooth lets you connect wirelessly to an external speaker of your choice. And there's so much more. For more information, visit us at www.hims-inc.com. Hems, your needs are our solutions. Looking for the perfect gift for a loved one with vision loss? 
Elegant Insights Braille Creations offers a distinctive collection of jewelry and accessories, all handcrafted, made in the USA, and embossed in crisp, readable Braille. Find us on the web at elegantinsightsjewelry.com or call us at 509-264-2588. Elegant Insights Braille Creations, jewelry and accessories with a tactile twist. Joe Steinkamp back again with another one of those apps that you don't necessarily have to see the screen to play. That's right. Could be laying or lounging by the pool. Could be on one of those long car rides. Yep. It is definitely something that you can just kind of close your eyes and play along with. And it is called Blindfold Racer. And this is, uh, well, the requirement kind of is you got to have headphones, right? Because this is a game that plays in stereo. So if you have issues with hearing on one side or the other with your ears, this might not be a game that you're going to be thrilled with. I find that the audio is very, very defined. So if you do play with your balance on your iDevice, and this is for iOS, you can actually get to play this a little easier because the idea is that there are going to be sound cues and they're going to be either towards your left or towards your right. And the uh, most important part is you want to put them in the middle (laughs) because when you're driving and by driving, I mean uh, you're going straight and you're tilting your device to be able to turn your vehicle. You want to keep it in the straightest part of the road because there are turns and there are prizes and there are cows and there are dogs and there are chickens and there's all sorts of stuff you want to avoid. This is spoken levels. Okay, so you don't have to worry about how can I see this or anything like that. The audio cues are very defined, like I said, and you do get some audio previews as well as a confirmation of whether you've done something correctly or not. Uh, there's over 35 levels to play, and it does ramp it up as far as difficulty levels as you continue to learn new things like how to avoid obstacles or how to not hit the fence. Uh, you are timed, and better times, of course, move you through the game a little better because you can actually unlock all the levels if you want, but you really have to improve your car in order to make some of those levels work a little better, or you just will run out of gas. And so you can't necessarily skip ahead. You really do need to uh, progress your way through things. The graphics, if you will, (laughs) are white on black, except for some of the menus. Like I said, there is the way to unlock all the levels. There is a braille mode, which uh, I think is really interesting. There is, of course, the need for headphones. But other than that, Blindfold Racer is a great way to kill some time. Well, uh, well, if you've just got like maybe two or three minutes to play or you just really don't want to open your eyes at the pool. Like I said, these are the type of apps for summer. And I think nothing would do better than to drive around while having the wind in your hair or at least sitting in a hammock. One of the two. Blindfold Racer available for free on the iOS App Store. I'm Joe Steinkamp reporting for High Contrast on SPN. And welcome back to High Contrast here on SPN. That was a very good game review by Joe. And we actually have an iReport that the TD is going to drop in right now so that you can hear from Ralph. Hey, this is Ralph Huertis calling from Chicago, Illinois. I love, love, love iBlink Radio for the Android phones. I've got a Samsung Galaxy Rush and... uh Wow. <laughs> I also want to comment uh, on the contrast, and it was uh, episode 23. I just heard it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> so, Joe Steinkamp, you're awesome. And so is there, so are the rest of you guys. You guys make me laugh. Put a smile on my face. It's awesome. <laughs> Love to be on your show one day, but 
Okay. Bye-bye now. Oh, where do I go if I have any questions or comments about the iBlink radio app? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no more rambling for me. <laughs> hey, that's a good one. Rambling Ralph here. All right, later. <laughs> okay, so we get a little plug. We get a little happy sounds telling us that we are great. I don't really know why Joe is awesome, but yeah, okay, to each their own. You could have said something about the rest of us here, you know, but hey, that's fine. Not sure about the Galaxy Rush. I hadn't heard that, but there's plenty of flavors. I wonder if that's like the uh, Tom Sawyer edition. I'm sorry, but no? y- you just made something pop into my head. <laughs> Ranger Station is oh, awesome when you're listening to the feed. <laughs> Somebody needs to make an Everything is Awesome parody about Joe. <laughs> My brain. I don't know. Lego movie I think reference. I, Did you ever think a, a high contrast episode would ever get a Lego movie reference? Uh, personally, I don't have a clue what in the heck that means, Lego movie reference. But hey, I'll just go with it, you know? Sure. But uh, yes, we do appreciate the comments about the show. We always wonder how people are receiving it. We do know that people do actually download it. But does that mean it goes into the auto delete folder after the fact? Ralph, if you would like to send in information or feedback about the iBlink radio apps, you can do so by sending an email to content at serotech.com. C-O-N-T-E-N-T at S-E-R-O-T-E-K dot com. That would be the best place to direct your comments, concerns, and praise or complaints, whichever way you want to go on that. As always, you can drop us an email by sending it to resources at serotalk.com. And you can also send an iBlink like Ralph did from Illinois on the iBlink radio app for Android and iOS. We won't even mention Windows Phone. One thing that we would like to solicit is what kind of comments do you have on iOS that is being released? Uh, The new version of the Yosemite operating system for Apple What do you think about the rumors of Windows 9 coming out at some point? Because most likely the next couple of shows will probably revolve around updates to software and hardware type of things. And Byron, I think you said that you are trying to decide on whether to go Mac, Windows, or Linux Yeah, for your next computer. Everything is getting smaller, and we'll cover this ad nauseum in future episodes, but I'm at a crossroads right now in terms of what I should pick. And if you have any tips or hints on making things easier to see, regardless of operating system, let me know because I'm getting frustrated. So you're finding out the hard way about shrinkage. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I'm starting to sound like Yosemite Sam. Yee, minji environment. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I need help. Yeah. Those fonts are difficult to deal with, especially if they get rid of a resolution on you as far as the device you've got that that doesn't help whatsoever. And also there's rumors of a larger iPad, you know, like a 12 inch or something. So let us know what your thoughts are. Does the iPad need to be larger, smaller? Does the iPhone need to extend? Or if you are a Android user and use a lot of the low vision zoom and talk back and things like that, what phones do you have the best interactions with? Which ones do you really like? And if you've got a clunker that you consider a really bad lemon, 
let us know so maybe we can avoid that and find a rosebud out there. Anyway, as always, we appreciate you listening to High Contrast here on the Cerro Talk Podcast Network. As always, I am Rodney Edgar of TechAccessWeekly.com. You can find me on Twitter at Rodney Edgar, R-O-D-N-E-Y-E-D-G-A-R for the spelling challenge. And I want to thank our guest host in the virtual chairs of Mari Hill of the Zoomed In blog over at AISquared.com slash Zoomed In. You can also find her on Twitter at Mari Elizabeth, M-A-U-R-I-E, Elizabeth, because that's too much for me to try and spell. And thanks to Byron Lee of ByronLee.com and LowVisionRants.com, which... I still haven't checked to see if he's updated that yet, but that's for another time. And you can find him at Byron27, B-Y-R-O-N-2-7 on the Twitter. And lurking in the rafters for this episode was Joe Steinkamp, our Mr. Podcast Everything. You can find him on Twitter at Ranger Station. I won't even bother because you've heard it on enough of the SPN content. Uh, and you can check out everything over at serotech.com for all products, trials, and the such. Uh, if you would like to drop us feedback, you can do so by sending an email to resources at serotalk.com. You can send us an iReport by iBlink Radio for Android and iOS. And that'll just about do it for this episode. Please send us your feedback, your praise, your complaints. And as such, until next time, this is High Contrast on SPN. Bye-bye. AT&T keeps going down, going down, going down. AT&T keeps going down all night. New ringtone. All right. What do you think of this? AT&T keeps going down, going down, going down. AT&T keeps going down all night long. That should do.